0: Welcome to Spooky Show, the spookiest show in the entire world, on planet Earth, in the universe. I'm your host, Kate. I hope everyone had a fabulous Thanksgiving, and I hope you're ready to hear about some cults. Well, a cult. This is my first cult episode, and I chose one that I kind of remember. It's the Heaven's Gate cult. You know the one where there were like 39 bodies found in matching uh, tracksuits and Nikes? Yeah, we're going to do that one. We're going to go into the nitty gritty. What was that cold about? How did it start? Why were people found dead in matching tracksuits and Nikes? So I hope I can make your least favorite day of the week a little more enjoyable with this story. Because at least you aren't these people. Let's begin. So Heaven's Gate is still one of the most notorious cults of the 20th century and definitely one of the most recognizable. So when I mention those tracksuits and Nikes, you may know what I'm talking about. It may ring a bell. The earliest version of this cult, I guess you could say, of Heaven's Gate began in the 1970s under the leadership of Marshall Applegate and Bonnie Nettles. So these were the founders of Heaven's Gate. Let's do a little background on these two individuals. Marshall Applewhite was born in 1931 in Texas. His father was apparently a minister who combined aliens into Christian theology. So I don't know what that means. (laughs) Marshall served in the United States Army and then went on to finish school at Austin College. And by the early 1970s, he was a music professor at the University of Alabama. And then after this, he ended up returning to Houston, Texas, where he would also teach music. And he served as the chair of the music department at the University of St. Thomas. But he was allegedly fired for having a relationship with one of his male students. Off to a bang and start. Marshall's dad passed away in the early 1970s, and this kind of sent Marshall into, like, a really deep depression. They were said to be really close. And it was said at some point Marshall ended up staying at a psychiatric hospital. And while staying staying there is where he met Bonnie Nettles. Bonnie Nettles was born in 1927, also in Texas, and she was born into a Baptist family. She would become a registered nurse, and then she also got married to a cesspool businessman named Joseph in 1949. The two of them had four children together, and their marriage seemed fine until about 1972. And it was said that the marriage between Bonnie and her husband began to fall apart. When Bonnie's belief that the 19th century monk named Brother Francis often spoke to her and gave her instructions on life essentially so this is when bonnie would become very interested in conducting seances with mediums to try and like connect with spirits in 1972 bonnie went on to see multiple different psychics who told her that she was going to meet a man with light hair a fair complexion and who was tall and that she needed to like go with this person on the journey called life i guess So Bonnie is like, okay, yeah, I'm going to look out for this, even though this bitch is married. So Bonnie's working as a nurse, and she's working at the same place that Marshall is staying at. And she sees Marshall, and wouldn't you know it? He has light hair, he's fair, and he's tall. So Bonnie was like, hey, what time were you born? If you know what I'm getting at, she was doing an astrological reading for Marshall. And while doing this, she found out that both of their stars aligned in a way that meant they were supposed to be together. So the two of them really connect, like are connecting at this point and they feel like they had met for a reason. This was all fate. So while Bonnie is working as a nurse and Marshall is a patient, they are forming a relationship. And he knew she was married, but, you know... The stars said they were meant to be together, and you can't argue with that. So they ended up leaving the hospital together on New Year's Day in 1973. And Bonnie ended up just leaving her children behind with their father. She just wanted to start a new life with Marshall. Since the two of them are, like, pretty spiritual, they thought that together they could create, like, something really big and amazing together. And... They felt like they could kind of, like, as long as we're we're together, we can conquer anything. We can do whatever we want. So they decided they wanted new names, first and foremost. And they went by the names Bo and Peep. Bonnie is Bo. Marshall is Peep. And they ended up taking a six-month-long road trip across the U.S. And while they're traveling, they're, like, really going over their beliefs and what they think the meaning of life is. And they're like, yo, we have a really important message to spread. So in 1975, Bonnie and Marshall gave a presentation about Heaven's Gate in Oregon. They distributed a flyer for this presentation, kind of like a recruitment article, I would say it was most like. And it was portrayed, this Heaven's Gate belief was portrayed as a bizarre mix of conspiracy theory and science fiction and a little bit of Christianity. A UFO appeared in big letters at the top, but underneath was a disclaimer that said, quote, not a discussion of UFO sightings or phenomenon. So what is it? The flyer then promoted two paragraphs of information on Heaven's Gate, and it began like this. Quote, two individuals say they were sent from the level above human and will return to that level in a spaceship, parentheses UFO. Within the next few months, unquote. So, in this presentation and m- the others that they would go on to do, Bonnie and Marshall promoted Heaven's Gate with the premise that a UFO would come and whisk the cult members away, elevating them to a new world and a better life they called Tela, that's T E L A H, which stood for the evolutionary level above human. So they would travel around the country and give out these presentations promoting heaven's gate um however at this time it was called the human individual metamorphosis so multiple people would attend these presentations and events and even like as as much as 200 people would go to these things and they would hand out these flyers for promotion they would meet they would give their presentations and after having like hundreds of people show up to these things only a small amount would actually follow up afterwards and actually end up joining the group and these people who did do that bonnie and marshall were able to convince them to like leave their homes and belongings and travel with them across the country for over two decades and it was like a big change in people's lives but many of the people who decided to go through with it didn't really have a home And at that time felt that the choice like really embodied the spirit of the 70s. And that time period, you know, many people were already giving up conventional lives and started to become more spiritual. And even according to members, Heaven's Gate was especially attractive because of its blend of like self-discipline, unity, science fiction and Christian thinking. There's actually a quote from Michael Connors. He was an early recruit. And he said that the appeal of Bonnie and Marshall's message was how they were, quote, talking to my Christian heritage, but in a modern and updated way, unquote. And an example of this is uh, one of the things that Heaven's Gate taught was that Mary, like Joseph and Mary, Mary was impregnated by being taken up into a spacecraft. Because apparently it made more sense than the original story. That's literally why they were like, oh, okay, this I believe that that's more believable. Um, Not only that, but Bonnie and Marshall were said to be like really nice and loving and charismatic. So people were just like attracted to the whole thing. Like it just sounded like the whole package. And any time a new member would come into the group, this new member would have to abandon their families, like we said, But they would also have to turn over any and all of their money, and then they were asked to cleanse their bodies of impure influence of things like fast food and impure sexual thoughts. How did this cleanse work, you might ask? Well, they would drink nothing but the mix of lemonade, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup for three months, and if they refused to do it, they just weren't welcome. Bonnie and Marshall told their followers that they would be visited by aliens who would provide them with new bodies. They believed their bodies would ascend to the spaceship, and once they were up there, that's when they would get their new bodies and live a wonderful afterlife. And the group was able to afford housing and other expenses because of members giving their life savings over to the group. So when they got money from the members, they would rent all these different houses in Denver, Denver, and then they would go to Dallas and rent different homes. They were just traveling and renting, like, airbnb all these places. And the group was very secretive about their lifestyle and covered all of their windows whenever they were renting a home, and they couldn't even talk about Heaven's Gate at all. And at this time, they had about 40 members. In Texas, they told their followers that a forthcoming visitation from aliens was happening and instructed them to go wait outside all night so the spaceship would beam them up. This was just one night. They're like, hey, go outside. Because we're expecting the spaceship to come and get you. You got to wait out there for it all night. So the cult members are standing outside all night. And then eventually, once the night ended, that's when Bonnie and Marshall informed the members that there were no aliens coming. And it was just a test of faith to see if they were loyal. This kind of made Bonnie and Marshall realize like how much power they had. So they would do these tests every so, off- every so often just to like... Be reminded that, hey, we can control these people like any way we want to. Like they will really stand outside there all night. And it was also said that the members were becoming desperate for Marshall's approval and they would do anything he wanted. Like they just wanted Marshall to like them all. And it even got really competitive. And of course, little old Marshall like loved that. He loved seeing that. So in 1980, the group had about 80 followers, and many of them holding working jobs with computers or as car mechanics. And what's interesting about this cult is that Bonnie and Marshall would allow members to call their family once in 1982 and then in 1983. And they actually allowed the followers to visit their families on Mother's Day. Which is really wild, because when you think about other cults, like, usually they can't leave, especially not supervised. And apparently, when you think of cults, you think of people being, like, trapped in them. They can't, they can't get out. Apparently, this one wasn't like that. Like, you could leave if you wanted to, but also it's like, could you really? And while they were visiting their families, they were instructed to tell their families that they were studying computers at a monastery. So this visitation was kind of intended to make the families less angry by demonstrating that they were staying in this group on their own terms and that, like, everything was fine and dandy. Like, no need to worry about me. I'm studying my computers. I'm right where I want to be. Over the years, several hundred people joined the group and then left. And in the early 1990s, the members were only down to 26. So they had 80. But people, I guess, just were over it, were leaving. So I guess you could leave easily. Yeah, I guess you could leave easily then because their numbers really started to dwindle. So now they're at 26 and they wanted more. But a little wrench got thrown on a lot of people's plans in Heaven's Gate. Because in 1983, Bonnie had to have an eye removed due to cancer. And doctors told her she wouldn't live much longer because the cancer spread throughout her body, but she refused to believe them. She, she was like, you're ignorant doctor, and I, she was like, I can't die. So she refused treatment, and she eventually died in 1985. And Marshall obviously took this very hard. And when I said it threw a wrench in things, it really threw a wrench in their beliefs. Bonnie's physical death had, put, had the potential to overset a number of their teachings about the cult member's future. Like they said, when you die, your body goes up in the spacecraft and then you got a new body and you live up there in the afterlife, all happy and everything's great. So now Marshall, after this happens, now Marshall is like, wait, 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 wait. That's not what happens. Human bodies are merely vessels or vehicles as he would say that were carrying them on their journey and could be abandoned at any time he said that bonnie had left her body and returned to her home among the tella beings where she would continue to help them the cult members he said he would finish out their project and guide the cult members to meet her so now the view changes and basically he's like you can leave your body at any time instead of waiting for the aliens to come and get you And this really has a big impact in what would happen later. In May 1993, the group rebranded and took the name Total Overcomers Anonymous and spent $30,000 to publish a full-page advertisement that warned the people of a catastrophic judgment to fall into Earth. And because of this publication, it brought some new members to the group, which was, like, ultimately the goal with this ad. Um, But also... In the 90s, the internet was, like, still fairly new, and in the beginning, there were only so so many websites you could go to, and brands and companies weren't even using them to, like, their full potential yet, but Heaven's Gate was on top of this shit. They built a whole webpage to, like, reach more people. They were, like, the first, one of the first people to do digital advertising, which is so wild. And in the 90s, they had reached 39 active cult members, and these members made web pages for businesses and had a web design firm called Higher Source, along with many others. And these members used the money they made from online business to rent a mansion in a gated community outside of San Diego. And around this time is when Marshall was realizing for the first time of the possibility of suicide as a way to reach the next level. He's like... If we can leave our bodies whenever we want then, and go up in the spacecraft and live a better life, then why don't we just kill ourselves? He explained to the group that everything human had to be left behind, including the human body, before one could ascend. So his beliefs had pretty much changed again. It went from having to be beamed up by aliens to now you must kill yourself before you can ascend. Finally, the group was renamed Heaven's Gate, The group increasingly focused on the expression of sexual desire. Uh, Several members even opted for surgical castration. There was an ex-group member who said Marshall did did not make them do this, but the group members wanted to prove to Marshall that they were loyal because Marshall viewed sexuality as one of the most powerful forces that bound humans to their bodies and hindered their efforts to evolve to the next level. So in addition to requiring members to adopt similar clothing and haircuts to reinforce that they were a non-sexual family, they weren't allowed to participate in any sexual acts or think sexual thoughts. Like, it's even said that Bonnie and Marshall did not have a sexual relationship whatsoever. In October 1996, the group had been renting a mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, California, which was close to San Diego, and that year they recorded two video messages in which they offered their viewers the last chance to evacuate Earth And they uploaded it onto their website. Around the same time, the group learned about the approach of a comet called Hale-Bopp. And this comet was most observed of the 20th century and one of the brightest seen for many decades. So people were going crazy that this comet was coming. They were like, you know, we're not going to this is a once in a lifetime thing. We're not going to see anything like this. It was going crazy on the Internet, blowing up. And a lot of talk was going on about it because it was so bright, people were excited, and Heaven's Gate concluded that the comet hale had a spaceship following it, and Bonnie was in it. She was riding in that thing, shotgun, and she was coming back for them. They believed that this spaceship was the vessel that would take their spirits on board for a journey to another planet. Marshall truly believed that a government conspiracy was attempting to suppress the word of the alien spaceship, which is why it wasn't being seen in newspapers and stuff. And he kept trying to get out there to spread the word out, like on their website. He was even trying to get interviews with newspapers and stuff. So to prep for this, uh, to prep for Bonnie on her little spaceship in late March, 1997, the group isolated themselves and recorded farewell statements. Many of them praised Marshall in their messages and said this is what they wanted to do and that they were looking forward to the afterlife. And Marshall recorded his own video as well. I think you can find it out there. The plan was that the group was going to commit suicide because it would allow them to ascend to the spaceship as the comet goes by. And they had to do it because it was coming and they can't miss their ride. Like, it's now or never. This comet's not going to come again. And before they followed through with the suicide, They went out for a last supper together at Marie Callender's, and they all ordered the same exact thing. They had iced teas, salads, turkey pot pie, and then a cheesecake with blueberries on top. On March 22nd, the suicides began. The 39 cult members ate a mixture of barbiturates and applesauce and then washed it down with vodka. Then group by group, they tied bags over their heads to asphyxiate themselves, and they just waited to die. They were all wearing identical black-and-white Nike sneakers and tracksuits. The suicides actually took place over the course of three days. The members who were later in the lineup cleaned up the mess made by the first groups, and they would lay the bodies out neatly in their bunk beds, covering their faces with purple cloth. And Marshall was the 37th member to die, so that the remaining two could take care of his body. An anonymous tip came into. The police telling them to check out this house. So the sheriff's department goes out to search the mansion. And on March 26th, they discover the 39 people lying in their bunk beds, identical black and white shoes, matching track suits and everyone wearing matching armbands that read, quote, Heaven's Gate away team, unquote. It was the largest group suicide involving U.S. citizens since the 1978 mass suicide in Jonestown. Another damn cult. This finding turned into a media circus and was widely broadcasted. Like, I feel like I remember seeing the video footage of those bodies like when I was little and it's like still out there. I mean, you can't really see much. It's just like people laying in bed covered up, but it's still so eerie. But Marshall Marshall got a cover on Time magazine because of this next to the bodies the members had left little bags which had their id and whatever money they had left so that way the bodies could be identified and all the family members could be contacted and i mean as you can imagine a lot of the family members and friends and stuff just wanted to know like why on earth did they do this why didn't they just leave like why did they willingly kill themselves But a cult member who left had said that Marshall isolated the group socially and cultivated an attitude of complete religious obedience in them. Many of the members have made a long term commitment to him, and many have been around for about 20 years. Like they were in this group and they were gonna, I guess, do anything for it at this point. Marshall was said to be extremely charismatic and a master manipulator who built trust and a fear into his followers, which Don't they all? They basically had no reason to question him. They just had, like, their full trust in him. What he was saying was... Everything he was saying was true to them. The suicide demonstrated they conquered the fear of death and showed their faith in Marshall and the overall religion. Congratulations. (laughs) The end. Yeah, that's the story of Heaven's Gate. It is so weird. I could never imagine, like... I don't know. I don't know. I guess I could more so. I don't know. I think my final thoughts, I guess, are okay. I think that I could see, I can easily see how people get wrapped into cults, especially if they're vulnerable. Like most of these people didn't have a home. I mean, I guess their families weren't really looking out for them or they. Didn't have families. I don't know. I just, I think it just takes you, a cult leader, preying on a certain type of person and someone who's very vulnerable will kind of go with anything, I guess, is what I'm saying. So I could see why people do it. Personally, I wouldn't. And this, the second, the second somebody mench- mentions group suicide, like I am out of there i'm running i'm not doing that i'm not gonna be like yeah okay sounds good bonnie's coming to get us on that spaceship like let's go girl no 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 let me know what you think would you join a cult follow me on twitter and instagram at spooky show pod or at bubbling queen rate and review on apple podcast and i'll see you next monday bye